Hello and welcome to Her Ambitious Career, the success podcast for corporate women who want more from their lives and careers. Each week, we share career and leadership strategies to help you set stretching goals, own your value, build visibility and credibility, gain recognition, get paid and confidently take your career to that next level. Whatever your ambition, let's do this thing. Now, here's your host and career success expert, Rebecca Allen. Hey there, come in, come in, come in. It's me, Rebecca Allen. I'm a career success coach and leadership coach for corporate women who really want to take it up in their careers, to move up the ladder or move laterally perhaps, but basically to take charge of their careers and really show the world what they're capable of. And today I really wanted to talk about a topic that is really close to my heart. And it's something that, you know, I do talk to clients quite a lot about. It's not an uncommon um, topic. And I've been getting some feedback actually on the podcast from listeners, but also from clients and ladies in our community who are sort of saying to me, Rebecca, you know what, it's really interesting listening to your podcast because I suddenly feel like I'm not alone. Um, I suddenly realize that there are other women who are dealing with the same challenges as me. Um, and, you know, that's that's the wonderful thing about being able to do a podcast. We can actually shed light on the challenges that are common to many. Um, and men also have, you know, challenges similar as well. It's not that they don't have these challenges. But I think that we approach them differently. We filter them differently. We deal with them differently. They come out differently. Um, and that's really our expertise is working with women and helping them really shine in their own light, overcome their own self-sabotage, if you like, and define what they want from their careers and move forwards. But I tell you what, so many of these challenges are absolutely shared. And it's interesting that I'm getting that feedback actually from, from you telling me, you know, it's actually really nice to hear that other people are struggling with the same stuff as me. And today's topic is about asking for permission and whether or not that is essentially diminishing your power, diminishing your authority, diminishing your ability to um, step it up, to, to become that authority, to be seen and perceived as that authority figure. This is 100% one of those challenges that comes up, you know, regularly. It comes up time and time again where we realize that actually there's a chain of events that are happening when I have these conversations with my clients. I'm like, actually, that's really interesting. Don't you think that's interesting that the vocabulary that you're using, for example, is really sort of not helping you. It's really sort of setting you up to fail in that situation. We become consciously aware of what the language is that's being used. And the client suddenly has a bit of a eureka moment that actually that habit, that pattern, if you like, is stemming from something that she might be doing, that she can actually fix, that she can change, that she can then, um, you know, take out there and do something different and get a different outcome. That's essentially what coaching is all about. It's helping you become really consciously aware of how you want to do things, how you currently do things and working out how to do things differently to get the outcomes that you want, whether that's, you know, a promotion or whether it's about asking for, um, uh, you know, a pay rise or whether it's doing some proper negotiation or whether it's being seen as a true decision maker, whether it's being um, asked for your opinion and being invited into decision making conversations and being asked for your point of view. That's a really big need for a lot of um, people, a goal, objective for a lot of the women that I work with. So, hey, I hope you're excited about getting stuck in with me on this topic today. It's a really interesting one. And I've got, just so you know, actually, a little bit of a, a secret I want to let you in on. 
next week is our 50th episode, which is very, very exciting. And I'm going to have a very special episode that I'm going to be bringing to you next week. So make sure that you tune in as well next week and listen into that because that is going to be a bit different and have a different flavor and some different um, kind of conversations going on there. So tune in, make sure you tune in to celebrate with me for our 50th episode next week. So let's talk today then about this concept of asking for permission. Obviously, it's something that for many people can stem from childhood, from being you know, young and asking parents for permission to do things and asking teachers for permission to do things. And although you know that comes across as being a polite child, when we come out as adults and when we are trying to you know, fend our corner and create our authority piece as adults, that doesn't necessarily serve us. And like I mentioned earlier, It's essentially a habitual kind of behavior, that idea that how you act, the questions that you ask, how you phrase your questions, how you position yourself by phrasing your questions creates a pattern, a chain of events that then trains other people how to respond to you too. So it's not just about how you ask the question, how you show up. That has an impact on how the people around you, maybe your boss, maybe your clients, maybe key decision makers in your business will then respond to you. And you might find that some of those behaviors are frustrating and, you know, blocking you and sabotaging your progress. So I wanted to talk about some actual language that, um, you know, women can use, obviously men can use too, but I hear prevalently in our business because I work with women. Um, these are the kinds of words, sentences, patterns of language that, that women share with me to show me that they are asking for permission. And how I look at that is when you're asking for permission to do something, you're instantly not being the authority figure in the room, right? You're being the submissive character. You're being the childlike character, And you're giving away your power, you're giving away your authority, and you're making the other person all powerful. And that can be really damaging, especially if it's a pattern that just continues and continues throughout your career. So let me give you some examples of sentences, essentially, that might resonate with you. And I'd love you to be thinking about how does that resonate with me? Does it resonate or not? It might not resonate with you. Um, I'm going to be sharing a lot of these today. So there might be one in there that resonates with you. But have a think. Does this resonate with me? How am I doing that um, sentence? How am I running that um, thought? How am I asking for permission? Is it helping me? Is it not helping me? Is it not serving me to help me establish myself in the eyes of the people around me as that authority that I want to be, that expert that I want to be in the room? That's what I'd love you to be thinking about today. So let's get cracking. So Asking for permission then can show up like this. It could sound like, could I just share my thoughts with you? So could I just is a submissive kind of sentence, right? Is it okay if I ask for my name to be credited credited to the work too? Is it okay for my name to be credited to the work too? Can I be included? So these are just simple examples of where we're asking for permission. Can I? Can I? Is it okay? All right. And it's literally, um, it sounds like an innocent question on the face of it. It doesn't really sound like it's doing much damage. You know, do you know what I mean? It's like, it just sounds like an innocent kind of question, but they automatically put you into this submissive spot without any authority, without any means to push back, without any means to challenge. So there are some other ways in which I hear the sort of asking for permission coming up. And I wanted to share these other three examples with you. They're very specific 
And like I say, see what resonates, see what connects, see what you think, oh, that's a little bit of me in there. Um, what do I want to do about that? If anything, maybe you don't want to do anything about that. But if it's damaging your progress, if it's damaging your prospects, maybe you do want to do something about it. So the first thing that I see happen is women can sometimes make themselves sound small and insignificant. Let me think of an example. Um, I'll just take up four minutes of your time. I'll just take up four minutes of your time, not much. Um, or you might say something like, would it be all right if I just squeezed into your diary? Something like that. So again, they sound innocent on the face of it, but really there's an underlying message. The underlying message is, I won't take up too much space. I won't take up too much of your precious time. Your time is more valuable than my time, which is definitely unhelpful for you. I need you to give me permission. I need you to decide for me. They're essentially the underlying subconscious messages that those kinds of little throwaway comments make, right? So that idea of, would it be all right if I just squeezed into your diary? Could I just get four minutes of your time? And I can already hear some of the um, objections, if you like, coming up. I can hear you saying things like, but Rebecca, I'm just being polite. That's just the way to get things done around here. I'm going to come to those objections in a bit, okay? Because I know that some people are thinking that right now. I know that's what's going through your head. Um, Let's just cover a couple more of these examples of asking for permission and what that kind of submissive language looks like. So let's have another um, think. I think another one that's interesting is when uh, you might downplay the impact that you've made. So you might say something like, oh, it was nothing. No big deal. It was nothing. Even though you might have been putting in 10 hours of overtime every single night, you know, over the last week, you might have been doing that. You might have done 10 hours of extra overtime over the last week. And you're just saying, oh, yeah, don't worry. It was nothing. Well, actually, it was something because when you were doing those extra 10 hours this week of overtime, what were you not doing that you would rather have been doing? You know, you are giving yourself away in that sort of situation. So it's not nothing. And we can't diminish the work that we do as being nothing. Um, and the third thing I think is interesting, a third kind of choice of phrase, if you like, is that, you know, you might concede um, defeat early. That's how I describe it. So you might say something like, oh, here's my proposal. But if you don't like it, that's okay. So you've worked really, really hard, right, on that proposal. You hand it over. But look, if you don't like it, don't worry about it. And what that is saying, the underlying message there is, look, I worked really hard, but that doesn't matter. And you're also sort of saying the underlying message there is something like, you know, I'm really underestimating the value that I'm adding to. I don't think it's that good. So maybe you wouldn't think it's that good either. So maybe there are some turns of phrase in there, some language in there that you have identified that you think you might do too. And if you have, and you want to do something about it because you feel like it is holding you back, because you feel like it is diminishing your power, because you feel like it is hampering your prospects at work, then do listen up, okay? Because there can be those objections that come up. I've heard these before too, right? This idea that, look, I'm being polite. That's how we do it. You know, I, I'm being polite. I'm asking questions. I don't want to just be arrogant and just walk in there and say, this is how things are going to be done. I'm being polite and asking the question. And I would say back to you, yeah, you can be polite. That's absolutely fine. But don't do it if it also diminishes your power. How can you be polite whilst maintaining your authority, whilst maintaining your power? You might also say to me, look, Rebecca, I'm just really humble. That's just the way I am. It's just the way it is. And I'll say to you again, how can you still be humble without diminishing your power? 
You can do both. It doesn't mean that one has to win out and one has to lose at all. It just means you have to find a way to help you deliver what you want to say authentically, if that's humble and that's humble, but without diminishing your power. You have to be able to retain your sense of authority, your sense of um, control and respect for yourself primarily before you then go and engage in these kinds of conversations. So I would, I would urge you, okay, to think about the outcome you're looking for. Like, what do I actually want to achieve here? And how can I do that whilst maintaining my integrity, maintaining the positioning I want to occupy in the minds of the people around me, okay, without diminishing your power? And personal brand strategy is something that we talk about a lot in our business. You know, we do a lot of work in career strategy, in personal branding, in building executive presence and how to do that in an authoritative, authentic way. It has to be authentic to you. We don't want to do something that is going to make you feel uncomfortable, that's going to make you feel like you're being aggressive or arrogant, because these are often the words that people really recoil away from. They don't want to be coming across that way. And absolutely, branding is not about doing that. It's not about just pushing yourself to the absolute other end of the spectrum where you're going to be extraordinarily uncomfortable. No, no, it is about sticking to what you do well, how you do things, and how you um, can build authority authentically. And the reality is, I want you to think about it like this, okay? Because there's always different ways of looking at a challenge, right? Different ways of looking at a problem. Presumably, I'm going to throw this out there and see what you think, put this hat on and see how it fits. Presumably, you don't want to be regarded as a pushover. I'm presuming that, right? But presumably, you don't want to be regarded by anybody as a pushover. Presumably, you don't want to be perceived as somebody who doubts or who undermines her own work. Presumably, you want your boss, you want your key decision makers to be respecting you and your opinion and to be asking you for your opinion and to be inviting you into that conversation. And you tell me, how are you best going to create those kinds of outcomes if you're giving away your power constantly by asking for permission and adopting that submissive space where you're saying, I don't really matter and you do all the time. You're the authority and I'm the submissive character. You tell me how we're going to proceed. You make the decision and I will just accept it. That's essentially the underlying subconscious communication that's being made when we're constantly asking for permission. So my thoughts from today are many, (laughs) as they always are. I would urge you to identify the situations where you feel like you are giving away your power. You're allowing other people to take that opportunity away from you. Ask yourself, what do I think about that? What do I want instead? How can I do this and get the outcome that I want whilst remaining true to myself, whilst keeping my own integrity intact, doing things in a way that feels completely comfortable and authentic, but still managing to maintain that positioning of authority and self-respect and valuing my own contribution deeply. These are the questions I'd love you to ask yourself so that you can start getting some eureka moments of your own. So thank you so much for joining me as ever. As I say, join me next week for our 50th episode. Super duper exciting. And listen, if you're loving the show, I would love it if you could add us um, a review on Apple Podcasts. You can leave your review and your lovely five-star rating if you love it that much. 
And of course, forward it on, forward it on to your friends, to your girlfriends, to your colleagues, um, to your bosses, because, you know, we would love to spread the word far and wide. Um, there's so much talent out there. There's so much female talent out there that's being wasted because there is not the support in place and the structure in place to really help lots of women thrive in corporate environments. And, you know, it's um, it's a day age old problem that we continue to have. But women are incredible. They're intelligent. They're competent. They're highly skilled. Women are coming out of universities with more degrees than their male counterparts. And we're still struggling with these issues of being underpaid and not getting the opportunity that we want. And part of that is structural, but part of it absolutely comes down to us as individuals. It's up to everybody to push forwards for what they want from their lives and careers. And that means you too. So listen, if you would love to get your hands on one of our free resources, we have a fantastic free resource called The Seven Habits of Female Execs Who Get Promoted. And it is a fab resource full of all sorts of practical strategies. You just have to go to rebeccasfreegift.com and you'll get your copy straight to your inbox. I have loved talking about that because it's an important topic that we hit head on. And I hope you've got lots of value from that too. I will see you next week. You have the most fantastic week ahead.